This is a Podcat Nation production. Hello, and welcome to Buff Wild, a podcast in which socially awkward people are just killing it. Our guests have done really great, and it's neat. I talk for an hour plus every week, and I don't cry. It's really cool. I'm your host, Olivia, and as per every week, we have a very special guest this week. My very special guest is my very uncomfortable and very good friend, Jack. Hi, Jack. Hello. How's it going? Oh boy, I'm wonderful. I get to talk about Buffy and I get to be here with you. Yay! I'm excited. This is your first podcast. This is my first podcast. My first podcast okay. speaking. I listen Ooh. to a lot of them though. There we go. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Um, You love Buffy. I do love Buffy, but I'll admit to you, I've only actually watched Buffy the whole way through once. Okay. That seems to be a trend. It's a, it's a lot to take in more than once repeatedly. Yeah, it's definitely uh, a show that requires a high level of emo- emotional engagement. Yes. Yeah. It's a show that I started late this winter and I have not finished yet because you can't just casually watch an episode. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, you definitely need to sit there and really commit attention. And I remember that was the hardest part for me uh, the time that I did watch it start to finish, like really getting into the habit of putting my phone away and staring mm-hmm. at the screen for 45 minutes. So I actually like heard all the good dialogue, got all those good plot points mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, didn't find myself looking up 20 minutes later and wondering what the fuck just happened. Yep. Exactly that. Yeah. 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 Did you watch it recently or like when it was more or less on the air? No. So I watched it uh, pretty early on into my time uh, after moving to Vancouver, um, mm. so about like 2012, 2013, okay, okay. I was living in residence. A friend of mine found out that I had never seen it, was scandalized, mm-hmm. made me watch it. It's often the case. Yeah, well, you know, I, I was born in the 90s, mm-hmm. and so when Buffy was airing originally, I was a little bit too young for it. Yeah. I was... It aired the first in 1997, yeah? I think so. So I was four when yeah. Buffy came out the first that time. That would have been other. wild if you had watched it and had opinions on it to this day. It would have been crazy. Yeah. I think the first season would have been really scary. Yeah, fair. Yeah. It's both like cartoonish, but also still kind of scary. Kind of scary. Well, like scary for a four-year-old. You yeah. Know. Mm, for uh, a yeah, three-year-old, but... it's fine. Yeah. So I watched it in 2013 and... It's one of those things where I loved it. I really, really enjoyed every single episode, mm-hmm. except for, you know, the, the the ones that a lot of people oh, yeah. have. The occasionally, like, really racially insensitive and deeply inappropriate and violent episodes. Yeah. yeah. You know, those. And honestly, that's the sort of thing that stopped me from watching it again. Yeah. I'm really afraid of watching it again, especially with uh, some of the allegations against the creative team in the recent years. Yeah. I'm afraid of going back, watching it, and realizing that it's actually trash garbage. Yeah. Uh, not unlike a certain 90s sitcom that I was a big fan of. I'll tell you, it holds up. There's yeah. things that are really questionable, like just Xander's existence, but like it holds up. 
Okay, that's good. Yeah. I, I did get that sense from watching this episode. You know, there were a couple of things where I was like, oof. But in general, uh, I was really into it. I thought yeah. a lot of the themes that it was talking about were very, very present uh, today. So Yeah, it was so ahead of its time when it was on the air. And also almost seems like an accident that a creator who's really shown their colors was able to create something so prolifically like third wave feminist. Yeah. We had um, Eric doing episode five where unfortunately he said this after we were done recording, made the comment of like Buffy Ella Joss Whedon is kind of like Joss Whedon has a bunch of pretty dolls that he dresses up and makes fight and it's, it's neat. And that's kind of the vibe. Yeah. Whereas like, yeah, it seems accidental that he's created such prolific content that still holds up and still like has a very topical message. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Joss Whedon is kind of one of those guys who's very much like, yeah, I'm a fe- men can be feminist too, but then really doesn't have a lot of, doesn't really know what that entails or means. And yeah. so, you know, I think Joss Whedon's feminism was progressive enough that when he created Buffy and was putting that out it was forward thinking Mm -hmm. and just the very the very fact that there was this teenage girl who loved these girly things but then also could kick ass and stake a vampire just Uh, like us just like us yeah (laughs) yeah like that was that was that was pretty forward thinking at the time and so it's unfortunate that he hasn't progressed much beyond that yeah it's often the case you can sit in syrup let the bees get him. <laughs> Thank you, Linda Belcher, for my new favorite line about everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Just bees and syrup, baby. Bees and syrup, baby. Bees and syrup, baby. <laughs> yeah. I love it. So. Um, should we talk about this episode? Oh, my God. I would love to talk about episode. Featuring this episode. your favorite character and mine, Cordelia Chase. Oh, my God. I love Cordelia Chase. Me, too. I love her so much. And this episode really, rem- you know, it really hates at all the great things there are to love about her yeah the performance was fantastic the fashion was fantastic uh Uh, charisma carpenter she just she really nails that character and i just i just i don't think i can speak highly enough about charisma carpenter can have any of my organs that she wants oh my god she can have my organs yeah she can have my fingers if she needs damn i'll (laughs) give her a kneecap dear charisma carpenter please don't be scared of us we're just weird um yeah yeah it's it's fine we're cool we're chill yeah don't worry this is like this is like chill hero worship exactly yeah we're not gonna like send you anything against your will no one's really serious like i i need my kidneys yeah yeah i need both eyes you probably don't want my liver i'll be honest with you (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) that's not great um but anyway a great episode with cordelia who like i feel like is one of my favorite early archetypes of down-to-earth mean girl. Yeah, totally. And I thought, you know, I really do think it was... I don't know how intentional it was, but the fact that the episode starts pretty early on with an allusion to the anti-hero archetype. Yeah! uh, And then you get to see Cordelia make this change from just being the pure mean girl to getting that sort of, like, heroic feeling. You get that, like... Oh, yeah. Underneath all of that, like, she has insecurities. There is, like, a realism to her that I don't know if you see before that. No. Right? It's, um, it's great. We love her. We love her. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Um, and you know it's going to be a Cordelia-heavy episode when it starts out with a Cordelia voiceover, which is her going, 
I love springtime. Oh, right from that first line, <laughs> I was like, it sets oh the tone. Boy. Oh boy. I also feel like Cordelia saying that her favorite season is spring is much like me announcing my favorite season every season. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I love winter. I love summer. Just all of them. She just loves seasons because Cordelia just loves being. She just loves being Cordelia. She just yeah. loves being in high school. She loves being popular. She loves being the queen bee. And you know what? I love it for her. Me but too. what really got me is the fact for the reason that she loves spring. It's the spring fashion. <gasps> yes. Oh my God. And she does not disappoint. No, she looks episode. amazing. All episode, she's really knocking it out of the park. It's just banger after banger. Buffy too. Don't mm-hmm. worry. A lot of my notes have to do with the fashions oh, but good. specifically cordelia's first outfit Ugh. it is a it is a mint green ribbed <laughs> polo sweater dress that goes so above the knee i i saw it and i was like bitch right bitch right bitch cordelia's fashion kind of hits me like an animated series where it just looks impeccable to the point where I'm like, this can't be real. Oh. She's got like a totally spies effect the entire time. A hundred percent. The the styling on Cordelia always mm-hmm. feels very thought out head to toe. Uh, it's elevated. Definitely. And it's kind of in contrast to the rest of them who feel yes. a lot more like actual teenagers. Yes. We're like disheveled and just doing their best. Yeah. Sometimes like, not even doing the best. Oh my God. Willow spends the entire episode <gasps> and like probably the entire first three seasons in like a t-shirt and a, and some sort of sweater. Yeah. And it's like, that's fine. But that's just like, that's a normal person's outfit. Yeah. It was a character choice for Willow. Yeah. But the entire time me also just yelling, cut your hair. Oh my God, cut your hair, cut start your tighter hair. clothing, mm-hmm. just like go forward five seasons Exactly. Uh, in terms of the look. Willow has a relatable arc in that she really hits her stride in that mid-20s stage and I love it. Yeah, yeah. You know what? As someone who uh, dressed not the best in high school and then really glowed up afterwards, I really see myself in Willow, including the later gay thing. Yep. But, like, who hasn't had that thought? The later gay thing. The later gay thing. <laughs> later gay. Later gays. Um, Cordelia's fashion. So she's uh, campaigning to be the May Queen at the Spring Fling. Or I don't know if those are two separate things or if it's just terms that I landed on because it seems accurate. A spring dance. Yeah. I was a little confused about that, too. Because yeah. it seems to be, like one thing and then later on it's like wait it's a school dance right why i think at one point it's a prom like it's a number of dance terms yeah it feels like joss whedon was like high schools do a thing right he's like i wasn't allowed to go to dances because i was a nerd but yeah 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 but she has a custom-made dress because uh off the rack gives her hives that 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 tickled me. I laughed quite hard at that. A relatable queen. <laughs> but didn't she say it was? Bl- didn't she say it was going to be blue? Oh no, her uh, boyfriend who seems gay. I'm sorry. Oh, I don't yeah. want to make assumptions about anybody and their sexuality. And like a lot of people can be a lot of things. And I'm like, boyfriend seems gay. I definitely did not buy him as the like big hard jock that he was supposed to be. No, I was like, oh, this is a inappropriate caricature of a gay best friend. And then found out it was her boyfriend of the week and was like, really, him. Yeah, I mean, listen, not not all of them are going to stand up to Cordelia's beauty and grace and decorum. And I think this is a great example of that. I choose, I know this is definitely not intentional, but I choose to believe this is like a representation of the incredible like women who just seem to defy expectations, who have loser, loserous boyfriends oh, ever. 
hot woman with schlubby guy. Yeah. It, I really do. Cordelia think- wants those scrubs. Cordelia wants those scrubs so that she can remember how big of a boss bitch she is. And we love to see it, honestly. Like, yeah. Cordelia, you get to be the top. Mm-hmm. You get to choose your bottom of the week. And I'm into it. Yeah. I'm into it. Love Take that, that power, for her. sister. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So we got the idea that her dress is going to be blue because her... She was like, guess what color it's going to be? And her apparent boyfriend is like, blue like your eyes. She's like... My eyes are my eyes are hazel. My eyes are hazel. Okay. She makes a insensitive comment about um, literally visually impaired people. Literally, my third note is oof. Not a Helen Keller joke. Thirty seconds in. Yep. Yeah, that was a lot bad. of ableism just throughout the series. Yeah, the nineties. The nineties loved that. The nineties were like, thank God we're okay because we came out of the nineties and like woof. Yeah. We we learned a little bit, I think. Right. So they're just walking and like, she's going to be the May Queen. She's not yet, but she's fully under the impression that she will be because who else is going to run against her? She's incredible. Her friend Harmony is so pitiful. Harmony is so (laughs) sad. This entire episode. And from what I remember, the entire series. She pops up. And every time she pops up, I'm like, oh, a new side care. Oh, no, we know her. We've known her since day one. And... Every time she pops up, I'm like, oh, hey, it's Tori Spelling. Is it Tori Spelling? That's Tori Spelling. That's baby Tori Spelling. Every time I... Well, yeah, because I think she leaves to go do 90210 at one point. Yeah. So it's like... Did she have a major glow up in between? Because I'm like, I see it now that you've pointed it out to me, but like, really? I think she had either a glow up or some work done. And you know what? Mm -hmm. Impeccable. Yeah. She looks great. If she had work done... Let me know who did it, because you look great. Yeah. I Listen, I don't know that for sure, and I am not here to uh, propagate malicious mm-hmm. rumors about anyone and work that they may or may not have done. Yeah. Um, I don't... So, yeah. Take that. Exactly. Um, But, yeah, she's just so pitiful. I forget she's there often. Yeah. But they're having their hallway scene, and they're walking and talking and being popular and being cool, and it looks like Buffy gets, like, pushed out of a room or something. She falls with such force in front of them. Yeah. I want to see the lead-up to what... Buffy was going through right yeah because if anybody's gonna push anybody in that group I believe it's gonna be Buffy and I'm like did Giles just be like get out of here get to class boom like I don't understand what happened I mean like knowing Xander maybe he had maybe he had a moment uh where some of his underlying misogyny uh became less underlying yeah maybe she like I don't know said the word angel not even in reference to angel and he just lost it he just lost it because Xander's a little baby boy Xander needs help. Oh my god, Xander just Xander's not going to seek it. <laughs> He's really not. Xander is going to crash and burn later in his life and then yeah. And then and then uh raise some unhappy children. Woof. Woof. Um yeah, she falls into the hallway and it's outstanding and just a bag of weapons scatter on the floor including a mace and Probably a crossbow. I don't remember seeing a crossbow, but Buffy loves a crossbow. Buffy does love a crossbow. Which seems like a choice. But yeah, just that, weapons. That also tickled me because Cordelia's blatant I do not see moment where she's like, she clearly sees it and yeah. she later brings it up. Right. But the fact that she's just like, yeah, there's a mace and maybe a crossbow, whatever. Right. It's, it's outstanding. Uh, Buffy doesn't know what to do with this. Um, also delights me to her 
to ref- hear her referring to him as Mr. Giles. Oh, yeah. I always forget that Giles is his last name. Me too. Thank you. <laughs> I really didn't realize it until a couple episodes ago after having watched most of the series already. Well, listen, we've all been there. Giles, right? it... It's a it's a it's a it's a first name last name situation. It's confusing. Yeah, it's like mine. How I'm Mr. Olivia. Yeah, Mr. Well, I mean, <laughs> you could be Olivia Olivia, and I think we would all thank you for it. Oh my god, that sounds fun. Actually, I like that. It's a good name. I mean, it's a little uh, less intimidating than your current last name. It's true. All right, Olivia Olivia. I'm like a cartoon spy. Are you not a cartoon? Just all I've ever wanted for myself. Listen, when we get to be <laughs> real life totally spies. <laughs> That's going to be the day that we can die. You're in a very Samantha outfit today, and it's great. A very Samantha. Or Sam. I forget she goes by Sam. Oh, baby. I love mm-hmm. it. Thank you. I thought you would. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Buffy tries to cover up her bag of weapons, which I'm like, this is a dark statement, but unfortunately, it's the state of America. You can tell this is pre-Columbine because there's no metal detectors for her to go through and get her bag checked. Oh, yeah. The fact that she can have... <sighs> all of these metal weapons just in her back or like the Giles has access to all of these big metal weapons would never fly. The fact that Giles is apparently not on a watch list that we know of, like, Oh boy. Woof. Um, she's like, Oh, you're probably wondering why I have all of these. And they're like, no, just get out of the way. And she's like, uh, Mr. Giles, the librarian, Mr. Mr. Giles, he, uh, uh, I'm I'm bad at history. So he, he lent me these for a history show and tell. And none of them could care less. No, they're like, please move, you loser. And I love that. I love the level of self-obsessed that group is. I aspire to that, honestly. Right? It's incredible. I feel like it's a healthy level of self-obsessed in that moment where you're like, nothing can stop me. Yeah. I mean, there's something to be said for just absolutely staying in your lane. Yeah. Right? And just being like, on the target. On I on I on the prize. Yeah, doing it. Lock on. I will be May Queen. <laughs> Bless. Uh, listen, there Jack's are Jack's gonna be May Queen, twenty twenty two. That's the new one. That's the I new support thing. it. I like it. Um, I love that they simultaneously like don't care about anything she's saying. Within the second they walk away, Cordelia's like, "Did I ever tell you about the time she attacked me at the bronze?" Like clearly has some level of awareness of how weird Buffy is. Oh my God, Cordelia. Okay, here's the thing. Throughout this episode, Cordelia shows time and time again just how observant and smart she is. Despite the fact that she actively chooses to ignore all of it. Yes. Cordelia is so smart. Yes. Mm -hmm. She remembers all the weird stuff Buffy has done. I bet she probably has like a diary, like noting it all down. And Mm -hmm. it's just like... On March 13th, Buffy Summers fell in front of me and 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 had eight stakes up her sleeve. Somewhere Cordelia has like a crunchy 90s videotape in her home. And it's just her like preening in front of the camera for a minute before she's like, if you're watching this, I'm dead. And look to Buffy Summers. Like, she knows. Oh, yeah. She totally knows. She totally gets what's going on. I mean, she literally saw the mace. Yeah. She saw the big weapons. She has to, like, she has to know. And, I mean, she, later on, she clarifies that she does understand that something is happening. Right. Cordelia, I think she's, like, a little a little in love with Buffy. 
Uh, and I'm not afraid to mm-hmm. say it. I think that there is a certain amount of that's a rival potential popular girl who I uh-huh. both love and hate. Yes. But then those two things are two sides of the same coin. So the hate really comes out. Exactly. The hate is often what we go with first because we're a flawed species. Because we just don't understand how to feel nice. We don't. We really don't. We love suffering. Oh, boy. Um, so for as much as we talk about how we love Cordelia, we cut to a classroom scene with her, her in English class. And it's like a really uncomfortable moment of Cordelia trying to deny like racialized crime and injustice uh, while there's a Jewish woman sitting behind her and a black woman sitting in front of her. And she's like, Mm-mm, and tries to, you know, play it off like that's not real. And people around the room are like, read the literal room, baby girl. Again, this is a great example of Cordelia very much understanding the situation mm-hmm. and choosing to be obtuse. Yeah. I like that at one point you actually get a, a shot of Willow going like, what? Like, there's a moment of, seriously? Yeah, this this felt very true to life. I yes. was 100% in classes with people in high school would who, despite not actually believing what they said, would choose to play the devil's advocate like that. Yeah, It drove me crazy in real high school, but for a character on a TV show, I do kind of love it. Oh, yeah. It's quite something. But I, like, don't understand the teacher also being like, good job today, Cordelia. I'm like, come on. Come on. I think the teacher sees a lot of potential in Cordelia. It's true. Because we do see a little more of like stronger evidence later on of the relationship with the teacher. And it's great. Yeah. Like the fact that Cordelia is like actively seeking help from the teacher and seems to like have a rapport already. Like the teacher, I think the teacher gets that Cordelia is like a spoiled brat, but also understands that she's not completely stupid. Yes, exactly that. Um, We also get just like the great moment of a line of Cordelia dialogue of like this one time I hit this girl or ran over this girl on her bike and it was the most traumatic event of my life. And like, she tried to make it about her leg, but my pain didn't exist. (laughs) When I tell you I had to pause (laughs) because I was, I fully had to pause so that I could laugh out loud because that just killed me. Again, Charisma Carpenter's delivery on all of these lines where you think she's going towards somewhere to, like, a good point and then takes a sharp left turn into, like, the most selfish thing you've ever heard. I was cackling. It was so good. She's exceptional. It's just so funny. And what a a great example of, like, but what about me? Me, me, me. My pain isn't real. You broke a girl's leg. Yeah. Well, and listen, as someone with a tendency towards the selfish myself... I do get it. What about right? my trauma? What about my trauma? I watched your bone come out of your leg. What about mm. my knee? <laughs> Two things can be true. My trauma is real, as is yours. But Cordy's not there yet. Right. It's the late 90s. She got time. Exactly. Where is Cordy? She's in the hallway talking with her sad friend Harmony again. Uh, her dress is ready. Mitch is going to die. Very quickly, we see that Mitch is going to die. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mitch is going to die. Mitch is actually going to gonna Mitch die. Dying. <laughs> Uh, also like the weirdest weirdest phrasing I'm like was this a mistake or is it just supposed to be like more wholesome not wholesome but like not quite as gross as we thought it was of like we get a shot of Mitch in the locker room 
in this gigantic locker room, which looks like it's the size of a full gymnasium. It's huge. Oh, yeah. There is no way in hell that was a real high school locker room. No. No, 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 no. Right? That's a gigantic warehouse space. They're like, I don't know, put some lockers and showers in here. Make it weird. Yeah. they That clearly was some like industrial site that they like brought uh, temporary props into and were like... Exactly. High school. Right? We made it happen. It's good. Um, he's talking to one of his friends about like, yeah, girls and getting it. And they're like, I get it. You got to be like doing something to be on Cordelia's arm. I don't remember what it was. But his response is, it's not her arm I'm looking to be on. And I was just immediately out loud was like, her dick? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like <laughs> what, was what do you line? want to be on? Like, right? I, like, under- I, I get it. But also like, phraseology. Right? Like, I don't know. Like, we don't have confirmation of Cordelia's genitalia. Because why would we? Because that would be really weird. But I'm just, like, making assumptions of the late 90s. I'm like, seems incorrect. Yeah. (laughs) Or did you mean in? Like, because I'm presuming you mean sex. You know, I'm going to go out on a limb and say he probably meant sex. He probably meant sex. He probably meant sex. Yeah, that was a weird phrase. But you know what also struck me as weird there? The fact how comfortable this guy's friends were talking to him while he was fully naked yeah. and getting dressed. Like, I don't know if you were ever a boy in high school. Uh, not recently. Not, okay, well, let me illuminate you. Boys Please. in high school, they hate their bodies. And mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure, I'm, from my experience, uh, it was very much an unwritten rule of do not talk to anyone while they're in any state of undress. Yeah, that's gay, right? Yeah, that's gay as hell, bro. Yeah, I'm not gay. No, bro. Bro. No. No, no homo. You're not gay. No, no. never. Ew. Gross. Ew. 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 Gay? Me? As <laughs> if. Ugh. <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to gag, but no gag reflex here. Ah! Hey. Oh, yeah, like that? Um, We then hear, dun, 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 the supernatural of the moment of, there's like a girl present in the locker room, and at first it sounds like she's crying. But then we find out she's laughing. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was kind of creepy. Right? I've written cry guy, giggle guy. Because it was not clear. Giggle guy. And then my only follow-up note is beat his ass with a bat. Yeah. Beat his ass with a bat. Yep. Beat his ass with a bat. That was beat like, I'll admit it, 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 the, first of all, the crying that was revealed to be giggling. Yeah. Creepy as hell. Super creepy. voices. That's I don't I don't get scared by a lot of like supernatural stuff because I don't genuinely believe in it. Mm-hmm. But a disembodied voice uh will get to me. Never good. Never no. a good thing to hear. It's bad. Cause in real life, if you hear a disembodied voice, that means someone's hiding. Mm-hmm. And a supernatural series, you hear a disembodied voice, you know someone's gonna die. Yeah. It's like the thing that is um spooky regardless of the circumstance. <laughs> totally. You're like could be a ghost, could be an intruder. You don't know. Oh yeah. And both Hot take, both of those things are bad. Yeah, I don't like it. Not a fan. Um, This invisible force beats his ass with a bat. And you know what? Does he deserve it? Maybe. Right. But like, woof. Um, So Cordelia is campaigning. Vote for Cordelia for May Queen. She's got... Okay, so this is where I'm simple. Okay. And I didn't fully understand this premise until... I watched this episode this afternoon. She's campaigning and she's got treats. She's got chocolates with a C for Cordelia. Which I'm like, Harmony's like, C for Cordelia? And I'm like, the C word. Um, She's got chocolates. 
And it did not occur to me until she explained it to us point blank that the reason that you see this largely in teen shows, because I didn't exist in a school system that had like the spring queen or anything you voted for, is like, it's so people will associate me with something sweet. I'm like, that's fucking brilliant. Yeah. That's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Well, and then when Buffy... When I never Buffy understood re- why they did that. Oh, I mean, that was the thing that happened when people were campaigning for things in my high school. We didn't have campaign stuff. Uh, we weren't allowed to have dances because our the majority of my student body were derelicts. Uh, yeah. Honestly, I don't think you missed out. There's a lot of bumping and grinding and flow rider that didn't need to be happening. Oh, yeah. The yeah. Flow rider. But people definitely did that. So when Buffy referred to it as bribing... Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, I don't think it's bribing to right. be like, hey, think about me when you go to the polls. That's just campaigning. Right. I didn't think about, like, I didn't have this kind of dance environment growing up, but like I watched enough TV. I saw it and I was like, that's just standard campaigning, but it never fully occurred to me. Why? Think yeah. of something sweet, like Cordelia Aim or so chocolate. <laughs> yeah. Um, It's great. Buffy's so offended by it. She's like, it's bribing. And there's this weird scene where they're like, I don't know, trying to make sure you understand that Buffy's new to the school, where Willow and Xander very quickly go on, like, trying to explain a story about Cordelia, but they're just, you know, and you walk into a scene where they're like, act like you're, act like you're at the end of a joke, and they just, like, throw down a word like it's a punchline. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. an entire 20 seconds of just them being like, be my deputy with no context. Oh, I had no idea what was going on. That was the only part of the episode it where was I was so like, weird. What, did I, what did I miss? They just started talking and I was just like, I was like, are you, are you two okay? Right. But like, yeah, I guess they spend a lot of that first season really trying to cement like Buffy's new. She's an outsider. She's yeah. So cool and stylish, but she's different. So she's not popular. She different. She knew. She different. She knew. Um, you know what? Can we talk about Buffy and Cordelia's makeup real quick? Oh my god. Oh my god. It was so good. And I thought that they did a really great job of capturing like the two big nineties makeup trends. Yeah. And I think this scene in particular really because it shows both of their faces really close, you really get to see that contrast. Like Buffy's mm-hmm. got the like the soft feathered purple eyeshadow and the glossy pink nude lip, very like late nineties, early Y2K. Mm-hmm. And then you go over to Cordelia and she's just like neutrals, severe, oh. beauty, glamour. Everything is perfectly sculpted before contouring was really like a common thing. Mm-hmm. She's impeccable. Yeah. I think Cordelia definitely out of all of, out of all the people wearing makeup. I mean, first of all, she's the, one who looks the most like an adult already. Uh-huh. But so oh, yeah. She's the one who, what she was wearing and the makeup that she had on is the most easily translatable to like now. Yes. In part, you know, because those trends are coming back. But Because she's timeless. She is timeless. Charisma Carpenter, like timeless beauty. Yeah. Yeah. Truly exceptional. She's stunning. Um, we established that, yeah, Buffy's the outsider, but in her old school, she was the insider <laughs> yeah she was the insider she was, she was cool as hell the may queen she didn't have you know exactly the may queen but that was her that was her thing and, and she's so wistful about it i was the may queen once she has the energy of like a 40 year old woman who's like i've let my life slip away oh my god and is remembering the good old times she's like me in the height of covid being like i remember dancing yeah, 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 yeah. She's like a, she's like a, she's like a twenty-five-year-old who just got out of a year-long relationship or like job that they didn't like, and they're like, "Where did my youth go?" Right. 
it's outstanding. But yeah, she just misses being a kid. And it's like sad. And it's a thing that pops up a lot over the series as she tries to be like, you know, just a vibrant young woman, but I also have to do serious stuff. Um, yeah, it's sad, yeah. but also be my deputy. Be my deputy. <laughs> be my deputy, baby. Um, yeah, so Mitch has been beaten severely, but not to death, which I thought might be to death. Just beaten severely. Yeah, when I found out he was alive, I was I was pretty happy. Yeah. I was like, that would have been a little grim to find a dead body in the locker room, which like, I'm sure happens. Hot take. Plenty. Oh, definitely. Oh, it definitely does. Yeah. Hot take. You don't want to be murdered, but like you definitely don't want to be murdered by being bludgeoned to death. That sounds like the worst way. Because if someone's be going to murder you, so there's better ways. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I'll be honest. None of the ways that, uh, none of the ways that the, the ghosty chose mm. to kill people, quote unquote, kill people mm-hmm. in this episode were particularly appealing. No. Uh, bludgeoning, being pushed down the stairs, being asphyxiated. Uh-huh. All three of those sound pretty bad. Right? Yeah. Not great. No. But a, I guess if you're gonna, if your goal is vengeance, you probably want to go for the not good ones. Gotta make them suffer. Ooh, baby, make Ooh. make them suffer. Ooh, make me make suffer. Eat it. Oh. <laughs> God. Um. Yeah. So Mitch has been found. He's like not okay. Buffy immediately is like, got to investigate the principal. Thank God, we finally have a principal who like Snyder's the worst. Let's be really clear. Yeah. But we at least have a principal who's on it and is like, you can't just go into a crime scene, little girl. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Which I appreciate. But, you know, Willow and Xander are like, a distraction. And they're like, sure hope his tough lawyer dad, the Beast, doesn't sue. I laughed so hard at that. It was so good. That was such a classic moment. That was such a classic moment of... uh, you know, an authority figure, like, fearing the power of litigation. And it's yes. like, hey, dude, what if you just made sure that supernatural bad events didn't happen at your school? Right? Yeah. Take exactly. charge. Yeah. Take charge. Yeah. yeah you, fi- you you stuff that hell mouth. You, you stuff be it, a principal. You stuff it full. So we can't open. <laughs> you stuff huh? that gaping hole. <laughs> oh you got to fill that gaping hole. I feel pretty good about one, but. I like it. I like it. Um, so Buffy's able to sneak into the locker room. She finds a bloody bat. Where like he wasn't just beaten unconscious, he was bleeding beaten bloody. Yeah, they uh you know, based on the makeup that they did on him, I don't think I don't think that the bat and the like actual human being were quite lined up in terms of the amount of violence that occurred. Yeah. Unless Unless it was all like below the sheet. In which you know? case that's pretty gross. Yeah. She, like, would have had to have ruptured something. Right. He's got internal and external bleeding because it, they also kind of allude to the fact that there was enough blood that this specter creature was able to write in blood, look, on the locker doors. Yeah, There's was... a message. Look. 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 <laughs> look at it. Look at it. <laughs> <laughs> we get one of my favorite jokes of the episode from Xander, of all people. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) I, listen, I hate to say it, as much as Xander sucks, Xander Mm -hmm. is also the funniest one. Oh, yeah. Because this joke and many others in the episode, I'm like, you got me, you got me, girl. Right. When his humor is not harmful, he's pretty funny. Yeah. It's just so often harmful that I like to forget that he 
offers anything. Totally, totally. But this specific one, maybe it was a vampire bat. Right. I I am personally offended by the fact that none of them. None of the them fact left. that no one cracked. Like I get it. I get it. Like it just happened. Maybe you're not far enough away. Well, maybe Xander's being insensitive. But like, come on, that was good. It was so good. Yeah, crack a smile. Right. He's not dead. It's not that serious. Right. He's gonna be fine, probably. Yeah. yeah whatever. Like, what's a little internal bleeding between friends? Exactly. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, really quickly just gloss past the vampire bat which is unfortunate and Giles is like maybe telekinesis maybe an invisible creature maybe a poltergeist what if you compiled a list of dead children from the school <laughs> yeah they went from uh, they went like- from supernatural explanation to dead children Right. Real quick. I also like that there's enough students that have died at that school that they can compile a lengthy list to go through possible subjects. Oh my god, yeah. I'm so surprised that that school is still running. Right. Yeah, it sounds like it sounds like there was weird shit happening long before the Hellmouth reopened or Buffy arrived. 100%. The Hellmouth was, you know, there. Yeah. Shit was happening. Yeah. Presumably Angel was around. That's true. That's a good point. Right. That's a good point. Munching. Just munching. <laughs> just munching. Just, just out and about giving a big old munch. Right. Big old munch. Listen. Exactly. Can I? Can I be? Can I? Can I be disruptive for a minute? Please, please, please. We talked about Xander making the good joke, uh-huh. but we neglected to talk about Xander's uh, really misogynistic woman-hating comment in the previous scene, Ooh. where he talked about. Why would the, why would any moron want to be the May Queen? And oh, I'm yeah. just like, why is it moronic for a teenage girl to want a thing that teenage girls are told they should want? Yeah, like Xander, get get off your high horse. Just yeah. keep stick to the funnies. Right. Stay away from the social commentary. You think if there wasn't a May outsider award you wouldn't be campaigning for it nerd oh my god he totally would he'd be like oh look at me i'm so different and alt and funny like you should all vote for me because i'm not mainstream yeah yeah vote for me i'm xander yeah middle of the road i'm not cool but like i wear that like a badge of honor yeah because i don't want to be cool because being cool is stupid yeah yeah the height of the 90s irony where he's like it's dumb I'm cool because I don't care. He's not cool. No, it's not cool to care. It, right? I mean, it is cool to care. It's not cool to not care. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets a task and that, you know, Giles is like, you're going to help me with research. And he's like, that sounds, I have to do stuff. What What's happening now? He's given the option of help Giles with research or go talk to Cordelia. And he's like, show me some books, which pays off later because he's got some jokes. It pays off later. He's got jokes. You know, Xander, for all uh, that Xander, like, keeps showing that he wants to be included he's mm-hmm. being such a little whiny baby about it yes every right? step of the way he's like i don't want to do this like i don't want to deal with ghosts i don't want to do work and research no one does xander it's part of being a grown-up guess what xander we all have to do things that we don't do and you're a teenager you don't even pay taxes yet exactly yeah you probably won't anyway no no <laughs> he's gonna have he's gonna have his hot trophy wife demon lady to pay taxes for him right bless her just doing everything. Um, yeah, so there... Uh, Buffy gets tasked with going to find Cordelia, who's talking about, like, how's Mitch going to look in prom photos? I hope they can prop him up, like, long enough to take the photos, because we would have looked so cute. Bless her. Oh, my God. The Again, the delivery of that wonderful, insensitive comment. Yeah. She just... There's just something about the way she does it where, like, 
of course that's what she's thinking. Of yeah. course, of course the worry isn't, oh my God, is he okay? It's, how's he going to look in the photos? Because exactly. what Cordelia is focused on is all that matters. Yeah. And you got to respect, you got to respect that vision and drive. And I think in a different context, uh, the same set of traits would be celebrated. Yes. I want um, Charisma Carpenter to record books on tape, but like in character as Cordelia. Oh, please. Yes, that <sighs> is would be what well I want. would well read. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be beautiful. She's got such a nice voice. You know, the acting in... Cordelia's acting is, like, pretty up and down over the course of the first season. Yeah. Uh, early on, it's a lot of clunky line reads. But by this point, you know, she's got that voice like butter. And she mm-hmm. really... She really just knows what her character would do, and she knows delivery. Yeah, we gotta we gotta give her props for that. I want the Iliad as read by Cordelia <laughs> <laughs> Chase. I want like yeah, give you. Let's take all the like the ancient classics and just get Cordelia Chase reading them. Exactly. Like not Charisma Carpenter. Cordelia I want, Chase. I want medieval Viking sagas as retold yes. by Cordelia Chase. Beowulf in Old English Beowulf as told by Cordelia Chase. In Old English yes. read by Cordelia Chase. Yes. Hell yeah. Sounds wonderful. I'm here for it. I like it. We should we should start a business. Oh boy. Um, right? Uh, so, you know, how's Mitch going to look? Buffy has a pink cherry print skirt. Okay. I... I I loved the cherry pink sh- skirt, mm-hmm. the shirt that was just like a plain right. plain white v-neck. I think those two looked good together, but then the addition of the brown calf high uh, chunky heeled brown boot. Yeah. I was like- Why was it brown? It was a brown. And I know she's got like white go-go boots. Where were those today? Yeah. Those, honestly, even a black to mm-hmm. keep the black and white neutrals on either side of the- Buffy loves- a bright skirt yeah surrounded by neutrals because she yeah. does it again later in the episode mm-hmm. uh and later in the episode i think it was done better but this one i was like i was like this looks like a teenage girl who chose her own outfit and yeah. thinks she looks fierce as hell but like no one's told her about color coordination because you know what hot take there's often not a place for a brown shoe no i i get that there's not a lot of Brown? That's a that's an amount of coordination that you have to make an effort on. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think pink, red, and white really uh, open themselves up to brown. It's a that little was not the look. Not quite. Not quite. Sorry, but and especially with the you know at this point she's still got the soft purple eye and the like yes. shimmery pink lips. So it's just like the brown feels very out of place. Exactly. Yeah. It's a it's a look. Um. But so, you know, chatting, Harmony just gets visibly hit by an invisible force and falls down a flight of stairs. Yeah. She gets hit. She gets hit. And Cordelia's delivery of, she fell all by herself. She just fell by herself. Yeah. Now that's what I call capital A acting. Acting. Oh, baby. That was acting. (laughs) She really delivered that line. That's where, you know, that's, that's a little on the clunkier side. It was magnificent (laughs) but again the fact that cordelia is just so blase about it Mm -hmm. and she's just like oh no she fell it's like you should be freaked out there's like you have just seen evidence with your own two eyes of an invisible thing right also your friend's not okay your friend is have more of a reaction and especially because you don't know if your friend's okay like yeah she fell down the stairs she may have hit her head she Mm -hmm. may have a concussion Mm -hmm. she may have fallen unconscious 
Cordelia's entire lack of concern for anyone else's well-being is so just... It really gets me. It's just so it's such so a strong good. choice that I love. Yeah. Not in real life, but for a show, hell yeah. Right. If you're going to do it, commit to it all the way through. And she sure does. She really does. Unrelated to uh, to Cordelia, but related to the scene, Harmony, she's wearing a powder blue suit. Yes. She was wearing a powder blue suit. With she's like, I'll be noticed today. And she sure was by an invisible specter. She sure was. Her powder blue suit really drew the eye of of that specter it's true it was a moment it was incredible if you're gonna get pushed down a flight of stairs look good doing it well that's what i'm you know it's, <laughs> it's what's a thing that they always say about wearing fresh underwear in yeah case in they case you get hit body? by a bus yeah yeah exactly exactly if you go to a school where rude shit happens dress like every day is gonna be your last exactly wow. um my other favorite just quick line from the scene is you know cordelia's lack of concern met with principal snyder's lack of concern and his, all he has to say is don't sue don't sue because <laughs> now he's afraid of getting oh, sued so funny so funny right uh buffy is aware that there's an invisible girl just laughing so she follows the creepy laughter mm-hmm, mm-hmm. into the ceiling or she follows her sees that the invisible girl is clearly living in the ceiling yes yeah we also get our first shot of the men in black Oh, yeah. The men There's in black. feds in this episode. There are feds in this episode. And uh-huh. the fact that, the fact that you know, we've already had this discussion about the, the pre-Columbine, pre-9-11 filming of this. The fact yeah. that there are feds who don't give a fuck that yeah. there's medieval weaponry yeah. at play. And they're like, that's fine. It's probably, it's probably paper mache. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's whatever. It's whatever. Right. But that invisible girl, we got to keep an eye out. Right. Um, I also really enjoy the just placement of the. I'm just. I just continue to call them Men in Black yep. the entire way through. They're like, it's you're obviously supposed to see them, but it's just subtle enough. Yeah, I thought it's they did very a, well done. I thought they did a good job of that. Where, you know, we notice it because we're watching and we're doing a detailed watch. Uh, so we saw them, but they were in the background enough that I could see somebody not really giving them a second thought. Exactly. No. It was good. Yeah. Um. So we discuss in the library that the girl causing chaos is not a ghost, but we also get Buffy asking Giles, Giles, have you ever touched a ghost? To which my response was, <laughs> <laughs> no, but a ghost has touched him. It's true. It has. He got cold. No, no, chilly boy. <laughs> chilly boy. Um, we also, so this is the start of us getting a, Xander as research boy, I think. Xander as research boy. Yes. Xander has lines. Xander did research, and he did research. He did research, and he discovered that he can actually do a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Tr- Incredible. When you put your head down for, like, five minutes. and It's amazing what you can get done. Uh, it's incredible. Again, Xander really does show, as much as Xander, as much as, again, Xander sucks. Yeah. Over the course of the series, he really does show his worth. Yeah, a he, gets a, times. he gets a few things done. He gets a couple things done. Maybe not enough to warrant me actually wanting him there, but mm-hmm. enough to justify his presence. Yeah, exactly. Um, but we get our first snippet of this in that he's they're trying to figure out, like, what could this be? Because it's clearly not a ghost. And he's <laughs> like, there's uh, evidence in Greek mythology of invisible cloaks for the gods. And Buffy's like, oh, this seems petty for a god. Who's like, have you read anything about Greek mythology? They petty as fuck. They are petty as fuck. I'm pr- they invented petty. I'm pretty sure Zeus fucked like half Zeus? of the things that he fucked because uh, somebody pissed him off. Yeah. And he was fucking for revenge. 
Zeus was like, you didn't use your signal. I'm going to have sex with every person in your family. And they're all going to have my weird children yeah. who are going to hate me. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't give me the right offering. I'm going to pretend to be your dog and then fuck your wife. Right. Yeah. He liked that a lot. Yeah. Zeus liked bestiality. Zeus tricks. loved bestiality, but like from the animal's side. <laughs> it's true. Like, I don't remember exactly who it is, but he definitely transformed into a swan to fuck a lady. And oh, yeah. Let me tell you, the cloaca, not quite like a dick. So I don't know quite how that happened. Oof. Right. Yeah. Isn't like a corkscrew. I think that's ducks. The cloaca just oh, yeah. kind of looks like a plun, the like uh, an inside out plunger. Ooh. Ooh. Welcome to Buff Weld, where we talk about bird panesia. Well, I mean, what else did they expect? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they know what's up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the gods are petty. I don't know what Buffy's up to. No. Um, but maybe this is something that you were going to say, or maybe I'm jumping the gun here, but the end of that scene had another line that ooh, really got me cackling. Which got? They, you know, there's that little bit where Xander and Willow decide that they're going to have dinner together. <gasps> yes. Yeah. Xander's <laughs> like, oh yeah, come home and have dinner. And Willow's like, yeah, of course. And the line, the line, mom's making her famous call to the Chinese place. <laughs> Again, the, so, so fucking funny. Like these, yeah. these actors know how to like deliver a joke. The timing is great. Oh yeah. Z- Willow's like, Xander, does your house even have a stove? I wanted like a da na 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 na, like musical cut after yeah, that. Yeah, that really felt like a, that felt like a line that you have gotten in like the 70s. Yes. Yeah. Willow does a lot of that willow is so genteel she almost right. feels like she's from a different show during she's this real season. wholesome she's so wholesome we watch her evolve and it's beautiful yeah i love when she gets unwholesome <sighs> i love when she visits the isle of lesbos and <clears throat> leaves a <throat> sinful lady yeah hell yeah getting it um but the question is now like how do you hunt something you can't see? And we see Buffy hunting this invisible force. We also see Cordelia prepping her May Queen outfit in like a prep room at the school. I'm like, why aren't you in your home? Why was it at the school? Why was it at the school? I was con- okay, so this is where, this is again where the question of like what actually is this event comes up. Because, yeah. you know, it's established at some point in the episode that the event is taking place at the bronze, which... I'm always confused about the school events that take place at the bronze. I also have questions about, I have a lot of questions, but I want an entire podcast. It's just like, what is the bronze? What is the bronze? It's like a youth club, but it also feels like it's a part of the school. What is its zoning? Oh my God. Yeah. Is it, <laughs> what is it? What is this place? Honestly, know. it's sick as hell. So I kind of yeah, want it. Right. Like seems a, fun. A place for underage people to go see bands, but also apparently grown adults are allowed there too. Right. Here's the thing. As someone who doesn't enjoy like a sweaty club, that seems fun. It does seem fun. I would go there. I wish that there were more like club adjacent spots like that where mm-hmm. you could see live music like a rock group. Like, yeah. I don't know about you, but the last time I saw a live band at a venue that was not like a full on concert I was going to, I genuinely don't even think I know when that was. Mm. Yeah. So. Great. Maybe let's just make the bronze happen. Oh, Maybe that's uh, another business. That's venture. our business. That's our business. Let's do we fully just call it the bronze? Let's just call it the bronze. Let's call it the silver. <laughs> let's call it the adamantium. Coral. 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 Yeah. But yeah, it's like the fact that uh the fact that Cordelia was prepping this outfit at the school was what like What was she up to? Are you sure? I can't 
I can't comfortably get ready in like a comfortable hotel room, let alone in a multi-purpose room in a closed high school. A closed high school, based on the lighting, it felt like it was With pretty late. Lighting. Like the yeah. fact that Cordelia and her couple of friends are all there that late. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. The dress also, also kind of ugly. Yeah, like like a medieval times dress. Which like I get it, like May Queen. It's going for the going for the Scandinavian Mayfair thing, um, and like dancing around the Maypole. So like, oh, that checks out then. I got the reference, but I was just kind of like, I was underwhelmed, especially because Buffy. Did you see what she was wearing? Yeah, head to toe brown leather. Yeah, it was fucking hot. Yeah, I was like, yeah, give me that, give me that. That style of coat is coming back. The like oh, long, the, the like matrix leather. Yeah, crunch. sort of like yeah. the mid thigh length, just like boxy leather jacket. Yeah, super hot. I think the leather Great. pants are. Yeah, I was repeatedly through this episode. I was gagging for the fashions. Oh, it's true. Also, real quick, why did Cordelia have so many handmaidens? I think that it was. I think that they weren't really thinking about the logic of the scene and they just wanted to show Buffy feeling lonely. Right. It's true. Because Cordelia also had like the warmest voice and all of that. She's like, look at how beautiful it is. Like her oh, delivery yes. on everything was nice. Yes. Let me be warm and welcoming. Amid all my shrill maidens. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, because they're all Yoshi apparently. Oh my God. Truly. Oh my God. So she's hunting. We hear it. What I've just written is instrument because I'm not a musician. We later established it's a flute. She's like, hmm, our ghost likes a flute. Mm. We also get Giles just being in the library who runs into Angel. Yeah. Angel. Okay. Was this scene really gay to you? Oh, there was so much sexual tension. Okay. Here's my thing that we talked about um, in the last episode is that Giles has weird reactions to meeting anybody. Okay. Where I'm like, Giles just has chemistry with everybody. Yeah. Giles puts it in. They haven't really owned the fact that Giles... Sorry, is... we've stepped up Giles gets it wet to Giles puts it in. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Giles, Giles, he can put it wherever he wants. Yeah. But they really have, they haven't owned the fact that... Uh, Giles is a pansexual legend. Yeah. the fa- He's so sexy. And later on when they like really embrace that... Uh, mm-hmm. The character becomes so much more interesting. Oh my god, yes! When Giles is a human and not just a weird librarian. Oh yeah. Oh, what are what are you trying to say about librarians? Nothing. Nothing. Else. <laughs> Listen, librarians are pretty weird. Yeah, uh, but they're but, fun though. Yeah, but it really, it really did kind of feel like. And now that I'm thinking about it, like every time you meet someone new, it's this like. It's the <gasps> oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Let me tell you about books. Yes. Uh, yeah, it really feels like he was cloistered and. Yes. Just horned up. So horny all the time. Horned up. But like quivering. Oh, oh, <laughs> baby. That is, he's quivering. He's gonna, I want like a full on like Rachel Weiss and the mummy taking off her glasses, Ooh, oh. like letting down his, his somehow pinned up luscious locks. In his mind, that's fully what he's doing. Oh my God. But it doesn't come off that way. No, it's it really great. doesn't. Instead, it really just comes off as like, oh, the, where he, when he's talking to Angel and he's like, that would be helpful. I was like, it felt like it was going to be like, that would be helpful. Let However, me thank you with I my thank penis. you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think I know a way. And then right. you'd start hearing like. Yes. Every time Giles is alone with a character, it sounds like porn. <laughs> yeah. 
It sounds yeah. like porn dialogue. You cannot tell me that they did not have that on their mind. <laughs> I, I don't believe that they... Or Anthony Stewart Head was like, you know what I'm going to do with this character and you can't tell me no. I'm going to make Giles get it wet. I, I, I really hope that that was a thing. I really hope that like we get him talking about this role at some point. And he's like, yeah, honestly, I just played Giles like he was horny all the time. I wanted to make librarians sexy. Yeah, because librarians were like, we didn't need help, Giles. Yeah, Giles. Yeah, yeah we didn't need help. Actually, yeah. at the time they did. Yeah, that's nowadays true. they don't. But maybe because of Giles. Maybe because of Giles. Boom, boom, boom. boom, boom. Um, but he talks with Angel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they talk about books. I don't know. They talk about books. I like talking about books, but their conversation's kind of boring. Other than the fact that we get some more plot points to really wrap up the season. Um, Angel's like, "Have you read all the Slayer lore?" I'm like, "Are they into fan fiction?" So it seems like it's into fan fiction. They like list off some book titles. Angel's like, oh, yeah, the Codex. And Giles is like, oh, the Codex? You have it? He's so horny for books. Oh my God. He is so horny for that Codex. Yeah. And like, maybe you can fill me in. Like, has this Codex been talked about multiple times for this season? Nope. This is the first mention, and then it comes up the next episode, and then we never talk about it again. Okay, because it seemed like this it Codex. It seems all important. Yeah, it seemed really important. Like, it sound like, sounded like the Codex had, like, the answers to the big problems of the season which maybe it does then end up doing but nope listen i guess we're talking about we're talking about the late 90s audiences just weren't as sophisticated as they are now it's true they're like the codex great and then never thought about it again because we got something else shiny um they talk about the codex it's weird we also finally get our reveal of our specter creature of the episode and i forgot until i was watching it today and i screamed that it's clea duvall I don't even know who that is. Uh, Leah Duvall, the iconic lesbian actor for everything. Oh. Every time there's just like a token lesbian somewhere, it's probably Leah okay, Duvall. Okay, okay. She was in, um, but I'm a cheerleader oh, opposite yep. mm-hmm. um, Natasha Lyonne. Yep. They were in another movie together um, recently-ish where like they have like a full-on grown-up sex scene where I'm like, ah! nice. She's she's an icon. Okay, okay. <sighs> Ooh, Giles. <laughs> so she's great, uh, and is also just like is always portrayed as this like kind of like awkward person, but is like so stunning. But they're like, look at this wayfair, this like, wallflower creature. Look, they kind of give her like the Paris Geller treatment of Lisa Wheel in mm. Gilmore Girls, where like this beautiful woman, and they're like, let's make her dumpy. Yeah, I'll yeah. admit, I'll admit, I think they did a pretty good job of making. Oh, they her did not, uh, not stunning in this. Yeah, because. During that during that first uh, reveal sequence, I was like, "Who is this bitch, and why is she trying to butt in?" Like, they clearly weren't talking to you. But she's also so much more interesting than Harmony, and like replace Harmony with yeah. Clea Duvall. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, we get the reveal reveal that it's Clea Duvall. Um. But now it's May Queen time. She's been, I think she's been announced the May Queen at this point, and uh, our ghost is getting amped up because she's like fucking Cordelia. She has her like very quick announcement ceremony yes, before yes, yes, the yes. celebrations. And she's like, thank you for reminding me of my popularity. It's such a gift. Oh my God. It was so funny. Cause then there's that whole, like they cut over Cordelia's speech for a good, a good several minutes so that Buffy, Xander and Willow can have a conversation. Yeah. And then they wrap it up with Cordelia 
being like, thank you so much. Goodbye. And I was like, bitch, how long was your speech? Right. Also, the men in black are there again. And they're clearly watching the speech just like this bitch. This <laughs> bitch. But also. Did you vote for her? Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. But also, like, why is no one no, why is no one calling anyone about these strangers? Right? Because it's a simpler time. It is 1997. Oh, man. Yeah. I forgot that we could trust people back then. Right. Oh, man. Woof. Woof. Um, Buffy so again? Stunting, though. Right? Oh, looks so good. Yeah. I, like, don't get me wrong. She looks incredible throughout the entire series, but, like, she never looks as iconically incredible as she does in the first season. Totally. I think the, I think they really had to make a statement in that first season to, like, mm-hmm. appeal to the audience, the broader audience, enough to draw everyone in before they could really, like, get weird. Did you watch Community? I did watch Community. Okay. I feel like Sarah Michelle Gellar kind of goes through, like, the late onset, like, that last wave of, like, adult puberty in between seasons one and two that Britta Perry, a uh, played by Gillian Jacobs, did, where you're like, you look, like, you still look incredible, but you look decisively different, and I can't quite place it just because it's that, like, last little bit of aging and maturing in the face. Yeah, totally. She, her face just gets, like, a little less round, a little bit more angular, mm-hmm. and the way she holds herself also gets a little bit different. It's a little yeah. less like this scene again. I mean, this episode, uh, I not to harp on and on about the, the good performances in this series, but I really felt, I really felt from Sarah Michelle, Sarah Michelle Geller in this episode that I was like, Oh yeah, this is a, this is a teenage girl who is lonely and who misses the life that she once had. Like, Let me- tell you episodes 11 and 12 sarah michelle Gellar acts her fucking face off yeah she's a good actress she drives it home in those last couple episodes and it's so good yeah yeah i was i was glad to uh i was glad to be assigned an episode with good performances because especially in season one not all of the performances are top tier no they're really not but that's part of what makes the show so charming exactly it's it's the crunch yeah we, we 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 love that crunch Exactly. Um, so we established that the missing kid who's terrorizing the school is Marcy Ross, who's been missing for six months. Mm-hmm. I also like the lack of like missing kid posters all over Sunnydale. You don't see any, and there, apparently there's tons of missing kids, specifically from this high school. Yeah, and the fact that somebody fully went missing and still nobody recognizes the name. Yeah. I do kind of wish that that entire mechanism had been uh, explored a little bit more. Like perhaps when... Because they do kind of explain it and I love where they're going with it, but they don't go far enough. Yeah, I kind of wish that... Because like just because she visually disappeared doesn't mean that every single person would forget her. I wish they had tried to be like, oh yeah, maybe it also faded from our memories then. In the words of Michelle Visage, I wanted more. 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 In the words of uh, in the words of Madonna from 1991's Dick Tracy, I want more. In the words of our Lord and Savior Britney Spears, give me, give me more. In the in the the in the words of me, more, more is yeah. better. Do it. Yeah, just do give it. it. Give us more. Let me have it. Dear Joss Whedon, ten oh, not ten years ago, like almost twenty five years ago at this point. Yeah. We love lore. Audiences yeah. love lore. Audiences want lore. We learned how nerdy we are in the last like twenty years or so. Just tell us, Just tell, tell us, us stuff, we will confirm sit and details. 
uh, dear, that other one who's transphobic, we won't mention her name. We don't need details 10 years later about Dumbledore being gay. That's too much. Yeah. Not even too much. It's just that nobody cares. Yeah, nobody cares. Yeah. Just like showing it. Th- we knew it anyway. Go back it's in fine. time and throw in a scene of like some hot and heavy making out in a flashback. Yeah, maybe with Giles. Oh my God. <gasps> That's a crossover I want. I, Giles and Dumbledore. <laughs> I'd be into that. I'd be into yeah. some backstory for Giles uh, that in in that shows him like going to like receive some sort of magical education. Oh yeah. I like that. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Anyway. So Buffy investigates the vents where she saw invisible girl go and we find her people nest and it's so upsetting. It was so upsetting, but also just like so sad. Yeah. We're like, there's no way this person wasn't going to go mad. Yeah. Yeah. That was some, uh, that was some hoarder nest shit. It was awful. Um, Buffy's investigating and like I appreciate the level of care you watch Buffy taking in this person's space where like she's very gingerly like picking everything up to look but like carefully putting it back where it was handling everything very carefully because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like Buffy's a good guy yeah and I mean at this point she still thinks that she still views Marcy as the uh as like the victim in all of this oh yeah ultimately the victim. Marcy's uh removed at this point yeah Marcy's made some choices Marcy, Marcy some isn't choices. her own self anymore yeah. Marcy's been affected by the Hellmouth. Yeah, but, you know, I, I did appreciate seeing Buffy have that sort of empathy against... Because, you know, we always see her taking decisive action, so it was nice to see the, like, the softer side. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It was sweet. Um, Which I think also maybe Marcy appreciates, because she, like, has a knife mm-hmm, that she's mm-hmm. about to stab Buffy with, and she thinks otherwise for no particular reason, I think, just because maybe she's like, I don't know, she's fine. Yeah, I mean, I also, the point at which Marcy takes the knife away and the point at which Buffy clearly shows through her actions that she is, like, not disturbing the situation too much and leaving don't really line up. So I was like, bitch could have just stabbed her. Like, there was no reason for her to not stab her. I'm glad that she didn't because... I think we get a minute later where she... Like when Marcy surfaces and talks to Buffy and Cordelia that she's like, I thought maybe you were, you would understand, but now I see you're just like them. So like maybe she had that Ah. moment of like, is she cool? Maybe she cool. Maybe she cool. Yeah. But instead she decides to go and uh, associate a teacher. Listen, we've all been there. We've all, well, okay. We haven't all been there. We've all, we've, listen, we've all had those moments with teachers in high school where we're like, fuck you. Right. I want to put a plastic bag around your head. Yeah. Again, not a good way to go. No. Watching watching another human being try to breathe and having that breath cut off by oh, a Oh, that was bag, not nice. Not, not into it. No, didn't like it. No. Also, Cordelia's seen a lot of death at this point. Cor- Cordelia has seen a lot of death, and she's just so unfazed by it. Well, you know, up until this point, she's so unfazed by it. Yep. It's pretty awful. Yeah, because she finds her teacher and saves her timely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That teacher's dialogue is just like, attacked, Attacked. didn't see, help. Yeah. Well, and I think this, you know, this really shows where Cordelia is really at because, you know, earlier in the episode, she's like, what about my trauma? But then she does the right thing and she goes to seek help. Yeah. Nice. Also, we get little snippets of her and this teacher through the episode that I really appreciate because like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This isn't like a kid who, you know, she's like by popularity with. It's just a teacher. She, she has like 
a relationship with and clearly this teacher is like this is a good kid she's trying hard yeah yeah like it's cool this clearly is a teacher who feels invested in cordelia's success and Mm -hmm. i love to see that type of relationship portrayed uh in a show like this Mm -hmm. because i remember i definitely had teachers like that and you know the archetype in high school dramas particularly from this time period is always that the teacher's like an asshole and doesn't understand and blah 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 we get a, cu- a couple good teachers, and they're always the victims of violence in the show. Man. It's really horrible. Yeah, that just shows all you teachers listening out there. Be mean to your students, and you won't yeah, die. Exactly. Yeah. Be like Snyder. Yeah. yeah. Don't be like Snyder. My God. Don't be like Snyder. Um, but our specter, now named as Marcy Ross, or as well, I may just call her Claire Duval, has written, listen, on the chalkboard. So we've mm-hmm. got, look, listen. Look, listen. That was spooky. It was spooky. That was spooky. Right? Um, At least this time it was in chalk, though, and not, like, blood or anything. Exactly. We also get, like, the, like, perfect moment of just understanding how unknown this kid was and that Buffy's taken her yearbook to the library to look at. And I think it's Willow who's like, oh, my God, this poor girl, because every person is written in her yearbook, have a nice summer. Oh, boy, when I tell you that that Wolf. hit me hard. Yeah. I moved uh, across the country when I was in the middle of the prime years for, like, making friends and developing those, like, long-term social connections. So I definitely have yearbooks from my earlier times after moving where a lot of the messages I got were that sort of, like, have a nice summer, like, really impersonal. And I I was like, oh, I cry. Exactly. Um... Oh my god, and this is where Giles has like his best moment of the episode. And then he yes. just like, I don't even know what sparks it, but suddenly Giles is just yelling and he's like, Of course! Quantum mechanics! Oh my god, I was so into that. It was great. I fucking I also I really enjoyed their explanation of the supernatural phenomenon from this episode. It was great. Totally, totally. I love I love when um when uh supernatural fiction is not afraid to like Go with the explanation of like, yeah, science and magic are connected. Yeah, like, this could happen. Maybe magic is just maybe supernatural things are just magic, uh, science that we don't understand. It's so good. So the fact that they really like dived into like quantum mechanics and yeah. like the idea that reality is shaped by our perception and the hell mm. fuel hellmouth has like been fueling, you know, nonsense with its supernatural energy. This girl became invisible because she felt invisible. Yeah. That's fucking storytelling man yeah it's the the quality the quality <gasps> there shivers Ooh, shivers down my spine baby or if you're giles quivers <laughs> <laughs> shivers and quivers oh. it's our crime names oh my god <laughs> are you shivers or quivers well i'm definitely quivers i know you're quivers. Oh, you know. i'm just cold all the time <laughs> that's true you're cold i'm something else. red hot oh, <laughs> red hot this saucy episode of Buff Wild, and I love it. Yeah, listen, I'm a saucy guy. Right? You knew what you were getting into. You've met exactly. me before. I know what you're about. Oh, you know what I'm about. Cordelia shows up in the library. She really does. And she needs help. And she asks for it in a way where I really respect it. And she's like, you don't want to help me? No, I need help. I know that you can. I know that you're always around when weird shit happens. But she also throws down the line that like... We've been waiting to hear from Cordelia Chase this entire season, which is me, me, me. Me, me, me. Oh, Help I, me. I, I, I laughed. It was so good. Me too. I paused it and rewatched it. 
Oh yeah, I had to re I had to rewatch that entire scene because there's a lot of really good stuff packed yeah. in. Yeah, like what you got? Well, like when she first uh, when she first comes in and she's like, you know, I know we've had our differences because your friends are weird and losers. You hang out with this librarian. Giles is like, hey. Yeah. Um, that that line where she's like, you know, I know you have all these weapons. I kind of hoped you were in a gang. Mm-hmm. I. Mm-hmm. I died. I mm-hmm. absolutely died. This is also, a masterclass in acting. So good. I also really enjoyed just like the quick, sni- quick snippet of like, I think it's after she's like, you hang out with this weird librarian. And he's like, I don't think I've ever seen you in here before. And she's like, no, I have a life. Oh, and the delivery just like, oh, no, I have a life. Yeah. So fucking funny. So it's fucking so good. funny. I also hoped that Buffy was in a gang, but it's not. It's not not the case. Scooby Gang. I mean, the Scooby Gang is a gang. It's true. Yeah. Cordelia gets to be part of it. It's great. Gang, right? Um, so they're trying to assess what's going on. They they've got the two messages now: look and listen. What could it mean? Um, right? And they're like, "Oh, I bet it's gonna. She's gonna. Shit's gonna go down at the bronze tonight at the coronation because it's the coronation." Cordelia's like, "I can't not go." That was. It's my reason to be. That was so funny. The fact that <laughs> my note actually says my note actually says something about Cordelia's ability to create causal logic. Yes. Because it's like, she's just like, oh, no, no, no. I can't possibly miss the biggest social event of the season because if I do that, then we might as well just say that the ghost won. Exactly. And Which, like, she's not wrong. She really isn't wrong. No. Uh, and I'm glad that Buffy had the wherewithal to be like, I mean, she's, she's not wrong. Right? It was great. So Cordelia's going to be bait. She's not, doesn't feel great about it, but like... You know, no, no, she doesn't feel great about it, but she does what needs to be done. And this is, you know, over the course of this episode, we really get to see Buffy and Cordelia find their commonalities and bond. And like the fact that despite the fact that Cordelia is a dick to Buffy Summers and Buffy is so willing to put herself out there like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's really great to see. It's neat. It is neat. Right. We also get. You know, a little bit of, like, very classic, but, like, still really good dialogue from Cordelia. Like, mm-hmm, she, mm-hmm. yeah, she's popular, but, like, she's just surrounded by sycophants, and she still feels so alone all the time. Yeah, does and Buffy's like, really know me? Exactly. They just agree with her. They don't actually listen. Mm-hmm. Buffy's like, then why do you try so hard to be popular? She's like, uh, it's better to be alone not is it's better to be surrounded by people and lonely than alone and lonely i'm like that's some oscar wilde bullshit that was that was pretty deep great that was pretty deep and you know it really felt like that whole um you know we talk about like money can't buy happiness but i'd rather be unhappy surrounded by nice things yeah that sort of like self-preservation technique of i don't want to be at the bottom it's better to be at the top than the bottom yeah if i'm gonna be unhappy i'm at least gonna be comfortable yeah yeah, yeah, that was a great was moment. Great. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It was very good. And then we get a distraction. Oh, a distraction. Of like a very clear distraction of suddenly there's a flute. Yeah, that felt too perfect. Yeah. So Giles, Willow, and Xander go to investigate because they're like, it must be Marcy. I'm like, it's obviously not Marcy. It's obviously not Marcy's Marcy. Marcy's obviously fucking with you. The fact that none of them assume, the n- none of them have the wherewithal to think, oh, what if the invisible person is here right now listening to us? Right. Just assume she's always listening because clearly she's always been listening. Clearly she's always been listening. Yeah. Woof. That was like, I was like, come on, Giles. You're smarter than that. I've also just written, oh, good. A basement. A basement. 
as soon as they had to go downstairs, I was like, yeah. this ain't going to end well. Right? Just girl, don't go in there. Girl, don't go in there. Uh, Xander, who throws down with, um, I think the sentiment right now is gulp. <laughs> yeah, sure is. That did make me laugh. Right? So they get locked in this room in the basement. There's a fucking gas they leak. They got locked in a basement and gassed. I was yep. like, fuck, this bitch is crazy. Right? Yeah. She's out for blood. She is. Because it, it feels, up until this point, it sort of feels like she's trying to make a point, but she doesn't actually want to kill anyone. Like, yeah, she beat someone with a baseball bat, but she clearly stops before he dies. Right? Yeah. She wants them to suffer with what they've done, you know? Yeah. She yeah, wants she the, like the shock for cordelia but she doesn't actually want the like person to die. but then she's fucking gassing people exactly and I'm just like, right what the fuck, bitch you're like that's gonna kill and if it doesn't kill they're gonna be like horrifically brain damaged when they get out of that room yeah 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 and you don't fuck with gas you don't fuck with gas and the fact that repeatedly they're like watch out for fire so that this whole school doesn't go up in flames i was like yeah I appreciate that little detail where they can't just break the door down because, like, if they spark that metal door, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. done. Like, because that's so much gas. She like ripped the safety valve off of the gas. How strong is this teenage girl? Right? Does she have some Slayer strength? Apparently, apparently, we, when you turn into an invisible revenge demon, uh, mm-hmm. you also grow super strength. Well, this, this is another question I have of a scene following up and that so, you know, we get Cordelia changing in the broom closet for some reason, still not fully sure. Marcy abducts her. Buffy goes to save her. Buffy gets syringed. I'm like, what was in the syringe? Where did Marcy get it? Yes. That entire and sequence when Buffy fell through the ceiling and there was also the bag. I was like, mm-hmm. Buffy didn't have a purse. I was I was a little confused by that. Right. Yeah, so then also, they wake up, and, like, Cordelia can't feel her face. Something clearly bad has happened. Everybody's bound. Okay, my question is, how do you know that you can't feel your face if you're bound? Because, correct me, like, I guess your lips, but I can't really feel my face at all unless I'm touching it and realizing, oh, I feel my fingers touching my face. It's like referencing that shitty 90s sitcom that we referenced earlier. That has aged in the worst way possible, but of like, Joey's got his head stuck in the door and he can't feel his ears. And they're like, Joey, can you ever feel your ears? And he's like, hmm. Yeah. I, I think, I wonder if they're trying to like, maybe they just didn't verbalize properly. Just like, she feels numb. Yeah. Because it's like when you get dental work, you're, you know that you feel numb. Totally. Totally. I wonder if it's that. Because she's got, as we learned, she has some local anesthetic applied to her. Yeah. Um, but I really wasn't getting anything that showed that she was numb. Because, you know, when you, again, when you come home from the dentist and you've had some freezing done. You're a little loopy. You're a little loopy. You slur a little bit because yep. you can't feel your lips. Sometimes you drool. I wanted to see Cordelia drooling. Oh, my God. That would have been such a great opportunity to show Cordelia getting ugly. Like, even before the the scalpel, the full-on scalpel is whipped out. Yeah. Like, show her drooling. Show her show her looking groggy and all droopy. Exactly. Yeah. Give her, like, a little bit of, like, a, uh, a droop in the droop oh, in the mouth. yeah. Make her ugly. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> she's so beautiful. My and, God. again, I don't love the dress that she's wearing. But, like, I respect it. I, yeah, I respect what she's going for, and it's fine. Yeah. But I really wanted, I wanted ugly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Joss um, couldn't have his his beautiful dolls. Exactly. Getting, getting grimy. It's his jam. The rule of television of like your injuries can't affect your face. No, 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 no. Yeah. Only your ribs. Exactly. 
um but my next question of like where she like what marcy what's she been up to she's got a full like surgery set oh that was gross where did she get it was there an explanation that her dad was like a doctor or anything i don't think so okay yeah i don't think so either but she must have she has to have some sort of connection to a medical professional because yeah when she pulled out the full-on like little rolly tray with all the surgical tools to to go all dr sismore on cordelia i first of all i was horrified because like that sort of mutilation just like oh yeah even just like her language she uses is deeply upsetting oh yeah that was that was visceral yeah Yeah. it was gross it got real spooky real quick yeah where did she where did she get it Ooh, i've just looked at my notes we have forgotten that before you know the reveal of the surgery in like items and stuff. We also have written in glitter that's clearly glued to a curtain. I think they're in the bronze at this point. It says learn. Are they so in the got, bronze? Look, or are they listen. in the high school? Unclear because it seems like they're at the May Queen setup area, but there's also nobody there. Yeah, because I sort of got the impression that they were in the room that Cordelia was getting ready in. That would make more which... sense because also how is Marcy getting two unconscious bodies? to the bronze yeah like she's a she's in broad a daylight weird invisible demon girl who may or may not have in increased strength but that's that's pretty far presumably that's impressive for no one to notice that's yeah. impressive so again there's a little where are they where are they exactly i want to know i want to know show us the map also i didn't realize that there was a curtain at first i was like jesus christ how's she getting this glitter to float that's ah! <laughs> i was like wow this is gay so gay and then and then i realized it was a curtain but right? i was i was i was pretty impressed i was impressed by the that level of cgi that they had right? working for them until i realized that there was none <laughs> it's very good yeah. um yeah so marcy's surface they're trying to like you know hostage negotiate or talk her down buffy's like okay what do you want us to learn Cordelia's like, what do you want us to learn? And she's like, I don't want you to learn. You're the lesson. That was spooky. It was everything that Cleo Duvall said was really, really spooky and upsetting. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. She's like, People, don't you, you want a face that no one's going to forget? No one's going to forget your face. Everyone's going to talk about the May Queen for like years to come. Children will whisper about you. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah, it got real spooky real quick. Um <laughs> She's going to joker her mouth. Like, oh, it's all going to be bad. Let's start with your smile. Let's I make it, it wider. wider. <gasps> oh, so gross. I felt that, you know? Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. felt the corners of my mouth split open. It was awful. Yeah. And again, this really, like, the progression of Clea Duvall over the course of this episode, where yeah. she goes from being, like, the innocent victim to, to oh, no, you're the jerk. Yeah. I think you watch her mania really take over. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's awful. Very consistent, like very well paced. Like as a viewer, I was very satisfied when it was when it went from, uh, oh poor poor person screaming for help to oh no this is all crazy 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 lashing out. Yeah, it's it's pretty fucked. Um, so there's you know well there's a fight. Buffy gets loose. They get into a fight. Big old fight. Woof, woof, slap. Woof, back out. Punching. And then there was another, there was a mm. great bit of dialogue that I loved where Cordelia is talking and she's yelling and she's panicked. And then Buffy is just like, Cordelia, shut up. Okay. Yes. And just the. <laughs> oh my God. The both incredible and also cringe scene of Buffy just listening to the breeze. My to note. place where Marcy is. 
my notes say Buffy is so hot when she's listening and punching. <laughs> she is. She when she was just like standing there, like listening to the room and like hearing the footsteps and all of that. I was like, so good. I was like, this is the five percent of my. This is the five percent of me that is not gay. Uh, really coming yeah. out. Yeah. Apparently, it's for short-haired people and Sarah Michelle Geller. <laughs> <laughs> who knew who knew um yeah it's incredible um so they had their whole fight scene but while that's happening also we have our trio passed out in the basement yeah and uh, yeah at this point i think willow's out xander is just on like the verge of passing out and giles is trying so hard to stay awake and he's just like lightly tapping at the door like hello help yeah. angel finds them the nick of time oh my god when angel came i was so relieved i yeah like i said i haven't i've only seen this episode once like almost yeah. 10 years ago at this point yeah i was i was genuinely like oh my god what's gonna happen like buffy's so far away right they can't did i misremember how this happens do they actually die do they come back are we working with that kind of magic yeah. already what's happening I for- what's that about <laughs> And I'm sure someone is going to have something to say about this, but I forgot Angel existed. Same. Because I think Angel is hot, but he's like, he's like kind of white bread hot. So like, yeah. he's hot when I see him, but when he's out of sight, he's out of mind. Exactly. Which clearly we for- like we saw him 20 minutes ago and we already forgot he was in the episode. Yeah. 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 Sorry, David Sorry. Boreanaz. Sorry. Uh, we like you. I like you we better than like Angel. We like what you do with Angel. Right. Um, I was confused though by how quickly they regained consciousness. <laughs> Yeah. The second they're out of the room, the door is still open. There's gas pouring out, and they're like, whoa, 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 oh, what a happened? bit of oxygen. I'm right as rain. Ooh, I mean, that's a good time. Yeah, I guess that's, I guess that's uh, television logic. It's true. Willow's like, I'm up, Mom. It's fine. Was, yeah. Oh, oh, Allison Hannigan. Right. She, she's so charmingly youthful in these yeah. early episodes. Yeah. It's like, she's like an actual teen, not like a hot, sexy teen that's played by a 20-something. She's an actual she's an teen. She's an actual teen. It's really cute. It's very she's sweet. She's got her little pigtails. And I'm just like, wow, you look like someone that I would have avoided in high school. Right. But would have come crawling to me for reasons. Uh, yeah. yeah. She kind of looks like a girl I went to in high school who I asked to sign my yearbook who looked at me straight in the eyes and said, who are you? I don't <laughs> know you. And I was just like, geez, I was just trying to be like, I was right. Have a nice summer. You cunt. Yeah, we were in classes together. You don't have to be rude. Exactly. Yeah, that's maybe rude. I'll go Marcy on you. Yeah. yeah. Take that person who I just compared to Willow, but then turned out to not be a Willow at all. Yeah. It was actually a Marcy yeah. in disguise. Marcy in disguise. Honestly, like probably, Marcy probably the closest thing to a Marcy that my high school would have had. <gasps> but Bleak. I remember this person. So m- maybe not. You didn't have the hellmouth under your high school. That's true. That's true. I just had the presumably. I just had the hellmouth behind the dumpster in the back. <sighs> woof, woof, woof. We'll see if that one gets in. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, Buffy uh, is fighting. Everybody's getting in a fight. Oh, Angel found the codex also. That was the big piece of information we got from Angel. Okay. But also he's going to stop the gas leak because he doesn't need oxygen. That so he's going to go in the room. I like that. I like, yes. I like, I don't need oxygen. I I love a vampire who. Self-aware. Yeah. I love it when they, <laughs> uh, you know, this ha- I think this happens a time or two in Twilight. Oh, where, yeah. Like something needs doing and they're like, well, I don't need to eat or I don't need to breathe. So I'm just going to do this thing that you can't do because you need those things. And Rice loves doing that. 
where the characters every once in a while they'll just like do something with a human and then they'll be like hang on human please don't get freaked out i'm about to not breathe right and it's buck wild it's hey it's buff wild yes yes that's that's the name of this podcast thank you listen i love you i saw your low-hanging fruit and i picked it i picked that low-hanging fruit thank you anything for you appreciate it appreciate you um yeah buffy and uh marcy are in a fight marcy has a tarp over her now and for some reason doesn't immediately fling it off so buffy beats her up a little bit punches her in the face yeah and then the fbi show up oh my god yeah the fbi shows up and here come the men in black as soon as that happened i had the thought of like of course the feds are coming to take away the the homicidal invisible girl to train her to become a weapon yeah like when this is way before the end credit scene even happened i was like oh god they're right gonna train you know the feds are involved nothing's good no they're like we're gonna rehabilitate her i was like why was this a role for clea duvall and that so many you apparently did not know you have not seen but i'm, I'm a cheerleader i have seen it i just okay. i just don't know that actress specifically fair that's her just getting in another film in which she's like time to go get reprogrammed somewhere and that's my character i have to wonder if it's just because like i don't know she looked because when you were talking about her like i didn't get any of that from the person i saw on the screen like she really looked like an oh she transforms oh yeah yeah the fact that they have someone they had someone who was able to like look so young and innocent but then on a dime just have that malice right there angles in the face angles in the face again the performances throughout this episode uh and throughout the rest of the series fantastic there's really some gold in here so good um yeah she's been uh taken off it's cool um cordelia's had a tough day she's uh cordelia has like a little little scar on her face from when she got cut oh her little scar from when she got cut oh yeah the fact that the fact that the plan was to fully just disfigure her and all that happened was a little cut right like that looked like a paper cut but on her face mm -hmm. and like a little buddy don't get me wrong i'm glad that buffy stopped Sorry, I didn't want to burp straight into the mic. Uh, I'm glad that Marcy didn't have her way with Cordelia's face. But at the same time, I do kind of wish that, like, a little... uh, It had gone a little bit that way. Just for the the drama. Just for the drama. The drama. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need the whole Joker smile thing, but give me, like, a little... Something more than just a single cut. Exactly. Give me like a couple stitches on her face for a few episodes. Really, like yeah, nail that point in. Totally. Exactly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, along oh. to accessorize with her little her little face cut though, she has this wonderful black mesh top with embroidered flowers. She on looks it. incredible. She looks great. She looks so beautiful. I have a theory about her outfit at the end of the episode. Yep. So yeah, she looks incredible in the entire episode, but she looks like. She's in her, like, pastel. She's so sweet, mm-hmm. you know? She looks like a perfect, like, teenage girl in the 90s. And then she's got this, like, slick black mesh outfit on. I was like, is this her outfit symbolizing that she's, like, come down to earth a little bit and she's on board with the Scooby gang? Because there's, like, a very mm-hmm. definitive visual change. Totally, totally. I think this... Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, and if you don't correct me, I'm sure someone will find me and correct me. Yeah. Um, I think this is the first time that in the episode Cordelia is wearing pants. I think so. Yeah. So it really does. It marks that change where she goes from sort of being like this perfect girl uh, who's really trying to play a role to just being like Cordy. 
Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure the pants are leather. So maybe she's, ta- she's taking a little style inspo from... Maybe she borrowed them from Buffy. Maybe they're friends Ooh. now. <laughs> maybe, maybe they're a little bit more than friends. Maybe they're roommates. Ooh. Perhaps... Maybe they co-own a chocolate shop. Oh, what if they co-parent a cat? Oh, oh what if they're gal pals? Right, best friends. Yeah, just just two just two besties getting married on the same day. <laughs> oh no, the grooms forgot. Uh-oh. Oh, oh <laughs> I guess we, we gotta marry now? each other. All oh these no, guests came. can't disappoint our parents. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> what's happening? Oh no! Oh no! Now I'm just imagining uh, them trying to have a thruple wedding with uh, with with Angel. Angel. Because correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure they both like hook up with Angel. I think so. And you know what? I'm not mad at that. Yeah. Like I said, he may be white bread, but he's still hot. All right. Yeah. Boom. Boom. I calls him like I sees him. Yeah, but yeah, Cordelia comes to thank the entire group, and they're like, "Wow, Cordelia, what growth!" And then Gay Mitch shows up. Gay Mitch. <laughs> yeah, they call me Gay Mitch. Uh, Gay Mitch shows up, and he's like, "Are you really talking to these losers?" And she's like, "Ew, no, Ugh, of course not." Wink. Bleh. And she's like, "Yeah, that was like that was a really awkward moment of like I'm gonna it's insult so- these people to my to their faces. I'm gonna tell them yeah. what pieces of shit they are. Yeah, I'm do a fun little wink to let them know that I'm quirky. I'm just we're joking. friends. We're actually yeah. friends. Listen, That's you, cool. Listen here, you piece of shit. We're friends. Yeah. Wink. Right. Wink. So uncomfortable. It's unnecessary. They could have just let it go, and she could have like walked away awkwardly and been like, "Okay, thanks. Bye. Okay, thanks. Bye. We got gay Mitch instead. Um, and then we cut off the episode on uh, Clea Duvall is now in the FBI training program to be some kind of spy assassin. And she's like, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. It's weird. And it's just like, yeah, that sounds like something America would do. Right. Yeah. Okay, cool. We found out that there are invisible children who are going crazy from isolation. I guess we'll, I guess we'll take these invisible children and... I just, I just, I just totally believe that the U.S. instead of actually trying to help the children would uh, use the situation to create another weapon because I think I have a low opinion of the United States of America. You and only you. It's true. There's no one else who is <laughs> critical of that not. country. Definitely no, not. No one. And Gosh, to be fair, no. I'm also very critical of this country because yeah. we're also doing a bunch of bad shit. Same. Right. Like much like I don't not believe their explanation of how this mystical this like supernatural thing happened this episode i'm like yeah i see it this could happen i also don't not believe that like this is a thing that the u.s government is definitely up to and they're like what if we made a tv episode about it and totally distracted everybody you know i'm like i see it yeah it's one of those things of like we're gonna put it in a supernatural television show so that everyone thinks that's definitely not real but what if it's real man exactly Who who knows what an episode that we talked for almost two hours about. <laughs> I'm shocked. I came into this a little afraid that I wasn't going to have enough to say. Instead, I interrupted every five minutes to talk about what they were wearing. It was incredible. Listen, this was fun. Did you have fun? I had a lot of fun. Yay! I had a great time. I'm so glad. Yeah, this is just us hanging out. Right? But for, but for content. Exactly. This is what we would have talked about anyway, but instead we recorded it. Yeah. Wow. We're exactly. Doing we're doing it, Buff Dad. wild. Buff wild. What did you think of this episode overall? I thought this was a great episode. It uh, it really got me jazzed to re... 
I've been trying to rewatch Buffy. I mm-hmm. think I'm on episode three, and I was really slowed down by some of the clunkiness of the early yeah. episodes. So going a little bit further into season one, it was like, okay, it gets better really quick. Yes. So I am really excited to rewatch Buffy for the first time since I was like 19. Yes. Uh, so I'm really, like, I'm really stoked for this journey. Good. I'm, I'm excited for you. I love this journey for oh, you. You best believe that I'm oh. going to be, I'm going to be texting you the big yes. reactions. Yes. You're going to have to have me back for season two. Oh, please. Yes. Oh, baby. Please. Yes. Um, yeah, this series, this season really just like wraps up really effectively where like suddenly everybody knows how to act. Everything mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. lines up in like the last two episodes of this and the finale episode next yeah, week. Yeah. Like it's so good. It is so good. Yeah. I feel like if it hadn't wrapped up this way, it would have ended. Right. But they really, they rose to the challenge. I give this episode 8.75 calls to the Chinese food place out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> what a what a meaningful rating. Thank you. I thought so. And I give this episode nine pastel shimmer eyeshadows Ooh. out of the pan. Oh. Out of the pan, which is out of 10. I give it a nine out of 10. It was real I good. Like, I liked it. it was, I had a fun right? time. It was really good. I don't know why it's not a nine for me. I just feel like, you know, it's an 8.75. Maybe because of like the weird racial insensitivity in like the first five minutes yeah that's listen that's fair yeah that's fair just stick with me i get that but yeah a really good episode overall mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um this is fun yeah this was a hoot thank you so much for having me my pleasure if people want to find you on the internet and see what you're up to and continue your journey with you of rewatching buffy where should they find you uh people can find me on instagram on twitter uh at she's terrible underscore yeah. It's a little bit of Jack. It's a little bit of my drag persona, Terrible Lady. It's yeah. a little bit books. It's a little bit looks. Uh, I I don't know what I'm getting up to in the near future. I'm, I'm about to go through a big lifestyle change uh, that will hopefully involve more content creation. So if you're interested in the words that came out of my mouth today, uh, follow me at She's Terrible and come along with the ride for me. With me. Oh, I can't talk. I know. I will. Uh, and as for always if you want to yell at us about things that you experienced in this episode or others and you've got thoughts feelings and opinions you can find us on instagram and twitter at buffwildpod. you can find our link tree with all the links of like where to listen and where to send us money if you want to and etc at linktree slash buffwildpod. um and this is the second last episode of this season maybe the series who knows tell us if you like it um this is a double release day if you were listening to this and you're like it's boxing day i've got nowhere else to be there is the finale episode that is also ready for you to listen and it's neat and we like it and we hope you've enjoyed the series um maybe we'll see you another time maybe this was fun for now jack thank you so much olivia thank you so much my pleasure bye bye